0: It's been real nice getting my life back after having COVID for seemingly 10 full days. (laughs) Though the weird thing of going from not talking to anyone to having to talk to someone, it's it's like you've completely forgot how to socialize, you know? You may not know. Maybe you're a very social person. It doesn't have that problem. But for me, for me, being away from people for that long and then, you know, having to come back to society was tough. (laughs) <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Patrick Jones and welcome to episode 32 of That Gives Me Anxiety. Yeah, as I was talking about life, uh, come, you know, coming back to life after having COVID, I'm still a little bit tired, but uh, it doesn't feel like anyone's got their boot on my chest at all times. It is funny though, I predicted a back injury and got COVID during our move, but don't worry, I still got a back injury. <laughs> just moving things around the the new house it was bound to happen so yeah i'm walking around like i'm 89 years old if this is what getting old is like it's uh i'm not looking forward to it you know there's some nice things about getting older like you stop caring about little things that you cared about before but if my back hurts at all times it's not like you can get a hip replacement you know it's your spine oh yeah i don't know i gotta go to the chiropractor But yeah, getting back to doing some improv, played some beer league hockey again. Oh man, I thought I was going to die very quickly. But this isn't the podcast about Pat's beer league hockey team. (laughs) As much fun as that would be. I've got a great episode lined up in it, my good friend, and I think this is her third time on That Gives Me Anxiety, Mary Alice McNabb. And I did another episode of Weird Ways to Die. So, yeah, Mary Alice had a story for me, and I had a story for her that we hadn't heard previously, and that's a lot of fun. So, we got to react to each other's stories in in real time. But before we get to these wild stories, I just want to remind you if you're liking the show, to please remember, rate, and review it. Check the show out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, or YouTube. And if you're liking the show and you want to support it, you can always make a donation. Through the buy me a coffee link in the description wherever you're listening all right enjoy listening to some weird ways that people have passed away welcoming back the lovely talented super smart mary alice mcnab for weird deaths episode two how you feeling
1: I feel so good. It's so great to see you again.
0: It's so great to see you too. Yeah. I mean, Mary Alice is just being nice because I look like a bag of shit right now. I'm just explaining how I've got uh, day two of a hangover from a oyster roast down here in Charleston.
1: Listen, I think we're crossing into, I don't know, year three of pandemic time. So it's okay to have a two-day hangover nowadays. Like, we're all pressed. It's yeah. okay to let let loose.
0: Thank you for, for, I was you speaking directly to like the darkness of my mind, right? Like that, not Pat, uh, this is, there is no Dana, only Zool. You were talking to Zool at that <laughs> point. <laughs>
1: I'll do it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited to have you back. We have two more weird deaths for everyone, but before we get to that, how's, how's life been for you?
1: Fine. Good. I mean, it's it's clipping along. My sister just came out for a visit. It was really nice to see her. Nice. And, um we were able to get some work done and then like see some friends. We saw a Broadway show which we thought was her first Broadway show, but then it turns out she'd seen another one, but we saw David Byrne's Utopia, oh, or American man. Utopia. It was so good.
0: That's awesome. That's so happy. That makes me so happy. Like if David Byrne's show was crappy, that would just make me so sad. That's awesome.
1: And it was It was surprisingly packed, Mm. which, which actually made me so happy too, because here in New York, I ran an errand the other day and it's been so long since I've run an errand like a normal person. And I was like, Oh, I miss living in this city. Mm -hmm. I used to be out all the time. And like a friend would say, Hey, meet me here. And it's like, sure. I'm already out. Right. That's still so changed for me right now that I really miss just living in the city.
0: That's, I mean, that is the whole appeal of New York where you're like, you're bumping into, I mean, every day you you have like 10 notable stories just from what you're seeing <laughs> and witnessing.
1: Yes. yes, 100%. So it felt good. You know, I'm kind of riding a little bit of a high of like seeing my sister and like being out, and seeing friends, but still being cautious. You know, everything is eating outside and freezing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that's great. I'm glad you were able to spend some time with your sister and and go see the treasure that is David. Treasure, her. yeah. Treasure. Well, just to remind everybody of how this is going to work, Mary Alice and I both have written a story of a weird death that has happened throughout history. We haven't seen each other's yet, so our reactions are real time. This is live. Uh, so yes, we will be following along and learning of the story as, as you do. So Mary Alice, I went first last time. So it's only fair that you lead us off here.
1: Look at this. So noble. You go first. I go first. It's a (laughs) little sharing. Okay, great. Well, this is a very fun story. Um, this is the mildly historical death of grandpa Burrito.
0: So let me get this straight. In today's day and age, you're supposed to be drinking a ton of water, doing yoga, making sure you and your whole family is happy, strike a good work-life balance, exercise, read books, watch movies, eat healthy meals, be a big part of your community, and get eight hours of sleep. <laughs> it's unrealistic. It's too much. Well, that's why there's Instacart to take a little bit off your plate or help put a little bit on your plate. Ah, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Using Instacart, you search for all your favorite foods and and items that you need from the grocery store, fresh produce, all your favorites, everything you want, and they deliver it to you. They go to the store and do your shopping for you. Just remove it from your to-do list, just with a few clicks. And you'll have your items delivered to your door in as fast as an hour. It's pretty quick. And through the link in the episode description... They're offering free delivery on your first order over $35. But you got to make sure you click the link in the description. That tells Instacart that this show sent you and it helps support the show. And you can also take advantage of the free delivery. So yeah, be nice to yourself. Give Instacart a shot.
1: The information from this story I got from an article on ABC National Radio by Jessica Hamilton for Earshot. An article in Uncovered, Colorado by Patrick McGuire a blog called The Unusual Life of Tristan Smith by Tristan Smith himself, a Vice article by Sam McFeeters, of course, Wikipedia, and Frozen Dead Guy Day's website.
0: I would very much like to go to that website.
1: <laughs> I know. Well, that's that's the juice. That website is the juice. So All let's right. Into it. Grandpa Brito Morstol is a Norwegian dude. He's born in 1900 in the Ice Fjord, Western Norway, in the neighborhood of Baroom, which is an affluent suburb of Oslo. Barum has the highest income per capita and the highest proportion of university educated people in Norway. So they're basically the snobs of Norway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, in 2010, this fancy suburb hosted the 55th Eurovision song contest. Yeah. Like the Will Ferrell movie. Uh, but the area was mostly farms when grandpa Burrito settled there and married at Good old age twenty eight, which feels really young for back in nineteen hundred.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, all right. Two things. Norway was so incredible to visit, um, and I do have one funny story from that. Jamie and I went hiking in the fjords, and afterwards, just starving, right? And and so go to this like Pete's place. It was like the only place that was open in the middle of nowhere, and I ordered a bunch of different things, and the guy behind the counter goes to me wait, how many people is this for? And I go, two. And he goes, no, this is, this is too much food. You've ordered too much food. And like, shorten my order. I wanted to just like try a bunch of things.
1: <laughs> I can't I was, believe he order shamed you.
0: Yeah, you fat American. You don't need all this food.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's wild. I forgot that you and Jamie went to Norway.
0: So fun. Oh my goodness.
1: That is awesome. That's amazing. Definitely now- recommend it, people. Now I'm flashing through like, oh, I do remember seeing those gorgeous pictures. Yeah, okay, yep, I remember that.
0: My hiking outfit was just, I, I wore a hat and this like crazy trench and hiking boot. I, I bought expensive articles of clothing for my budget to, to just, for a couple of days, to look, to look the part and feel the part.
1: <laughs> Bet you looked good. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't believe you were order shaped. Okay, you said there are two stories.
0: Yes. Okay. Am I crazy? Or was Eurovision kind of a good movie? I may, I like, I may just be like grasping for straws and I watched it during a dark period of the pandemic. And I didn't expect much, but it was like it had music, it was it had some laughs. I don't know. I I kind of liked it.
1: I'm going to have to agree and why does yeah. it feel embarrassing to agree like why does it feel like yeah was it a guilty pleasure like should we not have liked it I thought it was totally entertaining
0: good I, I would yeah. I like literally held my breath as you were about to tell me whether you were into it or not into did I was like
1: oh god I'm not gonna <laughs> movie shame you like the guy did yeah. when the-
0: <laughs> okay well enough about me uh, go on with the story
1: Well, I think that Eurovision was a very fun movie, and I think that it wasn't as fun back with Grandpa Rito's time. He had a daughter, Aud, um, and he ran the Baroom Parks and Rec Department in what has been described as a, quote, staggeringly uninteresting life. So I think that he missed the good vibes. Yeah. Um, So let's cut to his death because his life was very boring. Gramps dies of a heart attack when he's 89. So he lived a nice long life. Mm-hmm. And his daughter outphones her son Trigva and tells him, do duda undren lord I just wanted to try and speak my Norwegian, which is basically <laughs> Grandpa just died during a nap. And Trigva says, Well, let's freeze him. Wow. At this time, Trig is 31. He's living in a temporary on a temporary visa in Colorado for almost a decade in the small town of Netherland, which is just 30 minutes north of, or actually I think it's to the west of Boulder. Okay. Um, he's a lovable mountain eccentric. And was his temporary visa long expired? Sure. But he didn't believe in stuff like borders or pesky governmental regulations. Our man is a hardcore libertarian, a survivalist, an Ann Rander who loves Ronald Reagan. His thing is give me liberty or give me a frozen chamber until I can be reanimated when medical science has enough technology to be described as a fountain of youth. He's not a death (laughs) guy. He is a cryonic chamber guy.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I know. I can't imagine being stuck on a ski lift with our man Trig. Like, cue up your, oh, wow. Okay. As he's trying to tell you about like freezing bodies and pray that the lift does not stop.
0: Oh my gosh. Right. Like if you're that level of libertarian, just, just let them have the woods, right? So we're dragging these people out of the woods who don't want to be leaving the woods. Like this is going to be this is going to be problems, right? They, just let them, just let them be there. If he's not hurting anyone,
1: I agree. I hundred percent agree. It's like you know what? Let these weirdos. I mean, don't give them the whole mountain because you want to take a couple hikes. But you know what? Don't drag them into civilization without. Right.
0: <laughs> it's, it's this is not a fit.
1: <laughs> it's not a fit. Well, I would say that Trigg is kind of a subject of his environment. He was raised during the Cold War culture, where surviving a nuclear attack was within the realm of consideration. And this is what fueled his life extension opinions. He said, it doesn't help if we have lots of great breakthroughs in science and medicine that greatly expand our human life expectancy if it's all destroyed by some huge civil war again, or some huge war again. his solution was to build a death defying body bunker, AKA a cryonic chamber, and not just one, but a center for other people who believed in the rewards of future science. Hmm. Yeah. So if you're picturing like a long haired, long bearded bearded dude with lots of quote ideas, you're exactly right. (laughs) I've seen pictures of this dude and that is what Trigg looks like. So when Gramps dies, his dreams come into focus dreams he likely considered because our man sits in ice baths he is the world record holder for ice bathing of an hour and five minutes and 51 seconds in two degree water, water oh my gosh our dude trig was an ice bath sitter and he started the annual polar bear plunge in boulder which still happens to this day he's crazy this dude loves, and I mean, loves the cult. Okay.
0: Dudes will do anything to seem tough and hopefully get laid, right? Like that that's what, it's just another angle to try to get laid. How hard of a time is he having getting some that he's got to do this? He needs to freeze himself like, like he's a Batman villain?
1: I can understand someone being like, yeah, get into this hot tub with me. It's sexy time. Trig's like, hey, you want to take off all your clothes and dip into this frozen lake with me?
0: And for him, it's like, you, you, you got uh, that much penis that, you know, you can get a cold, like you're willing to lose some, lose some coverage here?
1: <laughs> or perhaps he's so not well hung that he can always blame the cold. He's yeah. like, I just got out of the ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: oh man that's great all right so what happened with this uh
1: This I, this this peckerhead. we're gonna find out that i don't know how good he is with the ladies See, i knew it he is, yeah you're not so like he when grandpa dies when he's 89 trig isn't quite ready for his cryonic i don't know center to unfold right. so he has grandpa's body shipped to trans time in oakland california so all the way from norway shipped to California, because the U.S. is one of the only countries where it's legal to cryopreserve someone. Russia is the other one, just for you um, information heads. Then he uses $8,000 from the sale of his grandpa's summer cabin to build a final winter cabin, which is a storage shed behind his bunker-like main house. And I say that very specifically, not because he Built like an underground. It's pretend he really built a house with no windows and cement walls that are three feet thick where he lives with his mommy.
0: Oh, yeah. God.
1: Totally normal. By 1993, he's finished the shed enough to bring Grandpa's body from Oakland and hold it under the mounds of dry ice. But I don't think this dude was getting much play. Oh, yeah.
0: None of this is sexy. Zero, <laughs> zero aspect. But like, what I'm, I'm a little bit confused like what is he trying to do
1: he wants to build his dream is to build a cryonic center where people can freeze bodies so that when technology gets good enough to basically reanimate people mm. then they'll be they'll be able to like basically never die he kind of wants a fountain of youth type of thing like delay death drop everything down So that you're held in a state, a frozen state and then be born. So it's, it's cryonics. So let me, let me explain cryonics. Okay, cool. Cryonics is cryopreservation and it involves freezing a body to minus 96 degrees Celsius, Celsius moments after a person has been legally declared dead. So the body temperature is dropped with ice and then they drain all your blood, replace it with saline and the body's put into a cooling box to bring it to liquid nitrogen temperature, which is the minus 96 degrees Celsius.
0: Hmm.
1: Unfortunately, Trigg already made a mistake with his grandpa because the morgue prior to shipping it all the way to California only had the capabilities to drop the temperature to minus 17 degrees Celsius. Translated into Fahrenheit, which is what I understand, the morgue dropped grams to zero when he needed to be dropped to minus 320 degrees. Oh area. man. So for cryonic, zero is far too warm for fragile human brain cells. But for our, for our libertarian dude Trig, technical facts like that, they don't dissuade his hero's journey to be cool as fuck. Grandpa's body is his pilot case. He wants to fly into the future.
0: Holy shit, ne- negative 321 is so low. Like how would the average morgue be able to even achieve that level? Like morgues and and funeral homes that I've been to, I feel like they can't fix the water stains on their drop ceilings. I'm impressed that they can get the body to freezing. It's like now we're, we're, we're approaching absolute zero, right? That's not happening at a typical mom and pop or city morgue.
1: No, I mean, I think, and that is like the big distinction. Like, i can understand dropping the things to zero when you use them the little polio freezer bodies that you always see on like the law and order shows, like, yeah <laughs> yeah it's all the procedurals it's like <laughs> get these bodies out okay i get it those are big refrigerators but whenever i hear morgue i think of like a funeral home in tv mm-hmm. shows instead of that thing but yeah i think that that's why that's the big deal is like if you're going to be chronically preserved those are big fancy facilities not regular morgues because right. like, no one can get that fancy stuff happening right and neither neither could our man trick like he already flubbed it but he's still going for it right all right <laughs> <laughs> so with his dreams he doesn't get very far because mm-hmm. there are bad kinds of ice aka the ice which was then known as the INS, which is like the customs people. Oh,
0: okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the International Customs Border Patrol folks. Mm -hmm. So within a year, ICE deports Trigg to Norway. And then his mom is evicted right afterwards because she doesn't have plumbing or electricity in the residence where they had been living. Which means mom and Trigg were basically living in a cave, my friend.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: What can you imagine living a with your parents when you're in your thirties and be in a cave c by choice. And all you do is take ice baths. You don't even have real baths. You don't have electricity. There's no hot bath for you, my friend. I can't imagine.
0: Oh my gosh. It's just like a weird make remake of stepbrothers, but a cave in, in Norway. It's like such a different, it's like a horror movie instead of like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Palling around, it's just—it's like psycho, right? It's what it feels it's like.
1: Su- it's totally psycho. I also like how Will Ferrell movies are thematically connected to this entire yeah, story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he should be listening to this story to come up with the next movie.
1: <laughs> what if? He secretly has a cryonic chamber in his backyard because he's like, you can't let this comedy die. I'm going to be reanimated as soon as t- science can- connects with me.
0: Right. I'm going to make Anchorman 17 <laughs> in 500 years from now.
1: <laughs> of all the comedy minds, we bring Will Farrell back to life no shade to a feral. I think he's wonderful but that would be an interesting choice yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it turns out that living off the grid is super regulated in Colorado mm. and regulation of course is something our libertarian trig hates more than warmth yeah so he's deported and then the authorities are shocked to find not one but two bodies in his plywood shed because apparently a dude from Chicago had died of liver failure and was being kept in a sleeping bag next to Grandpa Brito.
0: Oh, God.
1: It was the beginning of Trigg's center. I don't think the families imagined the bodies should just be, like, stuck in sleeping bags together. But <laughs> Mama Oud had to petition the town not to take control of these bodies because Trigg legally owned the land. And so she convinced them, but then she got shipped off to Norway as well because they were just a couple of normal besties that just wanted to live together probably in another bunker around the world. Oh, my gosh.
0: You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change my course a little bit here. I love people who have dreams, you know? Okay. He wanted to have a cryo center so he can be called all the time. It's just like little kids who think they should work at an amusement park so they can ride the ride whenever they want. All right. So how how did the neighbors react?
1: Good question. I also like your positive spin. It's like, you know what? This guy had dreams. The town and his neighbors, they did not appreciate them. They're
0: they're bucket emptiers when we need bucket fillers.
1: (laughs) The town was a bunch of bucket emptiers. They (laughs) quickly passed a law that prohibited the storage of dead bodies on private property. But they had to admit that Grandpa Brito had been, and I do apologize, grandfathered in oh
0: uh, okay. you didn't you didn't i
1: had to. <laughs>
0: i'm hung over and you, you got me with that
1: <laughs> listen i made a terrible ice pun i'm gonna follow it up with a terrible grandpa pun yeah that's what we're working <laughs> so with no family remaining trig online so this is back in the 90s somehow found a libertarian and futurist in colorado To become grandpa's caretaker. Because he and his mom bailed. Literally, they just left a body on their property. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. So grandpa, no, grandpa Brito, they found Bo Schaefer, who got paid. It's an undisclosed sum. We don't Mm -hmm. know the amount. But in some sort of financial agreement, this guy would take 800 pounds of dry ice every other week. To hold grandpa in suspension. Wow. For 18 years. Oh my God. Can you twice a week, 800 pounds? This is in all weather, in the snow, in everything. Like that is, I either want to know how committed this guy is to the like futurist libertarian relationship or how much money he was getting paid. Oh my God. I don't know. Grandpa was a farmer. Trig was an ice bath sitter. Where is this money coming from?
0: Where is so, the money coming from?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Or else this guy is just like a lover of all things frozen. So, okay. He even got the rickety shed replaced after there was a harsh winter because he called the classic rock radio station and had Tough Shed donate a real shed. Oh, like, Can you imagine from living in the beautiful fjords of Norway to... Meeting your final resting place in an ad for KRFX 1035 The Fox Classic Rock. That's like, that that's... is, I grew up in Colorado. That is the station I listen to. Rock in the Rockies, Grandpa Brito rock. <laughs> rock.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: I can't believe it. So, okay. So in 2002, after the Netherlands Chamber of Commerce really was struggling to find a theme for the next planned spring festival, like, hmm, what do we have that other towns don't? Hello? Frozen dead guy days is officially born. No. Mark your calendars, because this March... We can all take part in this Mardi Gras meets Bernie Man meets county fairs celebration. Wait, wh- what what do
0: they what do they do? What this is like blowing my mind. They just have like a dead guy frozen dead guy festival? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they- They really embrace that their town has a dead, a frozen dead guy in it. So you can dance. You can dance at the blue ball, a little tongue in cheek about blue balls. Um, (laughs) They do coffin races, which sounds totally fun. Like build your own coffin, sled them down the hill. They do, of course, to celebrate this guy's ice bath, a costumed polar bear plunge, which I appreciate for reusing those Halloween costumes. (laughs) They do human foosball, which I don't think is related at all, but just sounds like a fun thing. They do a frozen t-shirt contest where you're supposed to, like, put on a literally frozen stiff t-shirt the fastest. Oh, uh, I've seen that at a
0: hockey game. That's kind of fun.
1: Oh, yeah. so funny. How, okay, is it fast? How long does it usually take? I couldn't find it the take, it,
0: to... They, when I saw it done, it they had, like, two minutes on the clock to, like, and it was, like, completely folded, like you would see at a store, and they had to, like, completely unfold it and try to shake it out a little bit to get it on. It was not an easy task. It was like frozen solid.
1: Oh my gosh, frozen into a little folded brick seems so much harder. I mean, I would think it'd be hard enough even to just like unflap a a frozen flat one. Okay, that's totally funny. They do a (laughs) brain freeze contest. They do icy turkey bowling, which I think is really funny, like bowl a turkey as a bowling ball instead.
0: Frozen pick the
1: flat, which seems very like mountain dude where you have to stick your hands in an ice bucket water for a minute, which is a very long time. And then you have to fix a flat tire. And if you've ever taken a bike tire off of a rim, it's hard to do with fully functioning, warm human person hands. Yeah. Person hands? No way. Sorry. It really
0: is. Like if you haven't had to change a, a, a bike tire, it's a thing, right? Right. I thought it was going to be a car tire, but bike tire is so much harder. I mean, you know, a car tire is, it's more annoying than it is difficult. I mean, the, the most thing you have to pay attention to is like making sure the jack is up safely, but you may not be able to change a, a, a bike tire by yourself, right? It, it is difficult. So that is impressive.
1: Dude, I can't, with frozen hands, I can hardly hold a key to unlock my door. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, but like... <laughs> Okay, you visited Norway with Jamie, beautiful, gorgeous, make it happen. Well, March is just around the corner, seems like you need to go to Colorado for Frozen Dead Guy Days. That's okay, so
0: time. I am shocked by this, but also, it sounds so fun.
1: Fun. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, it really does. I'm sure there's a lot of crazy fried food, or I'm imagining like a ham hock, or giant, like, oh, yeah. giant meats and stuff, it's just, it's America gonna America, you know? That's a great PR.
1: You go to Frozen Dead Guy Days, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to guess, zero people will shame you from ordering a lot of salty meats. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you want. They'll just say, what else? They'll ask you what kind of sauces you want instead of how many people are eating this. I don't think so. We're not going to sell it.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Don't shame me in my own country. You know, (laughs) We're, we're just trying to eat and have a good time.
1: Try to have a good time.
0: Thank you so much for telling me that story. That's so many twists and turns. And I just love strange people.
1: Dude. Yeah. I love how it seemed like this dude was just like a, he had a lot of opinions. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I'm a person with a lot of opinions. Our man Trigg had tons of opinions, but like he didn't have, kind of the follow through with actual like scientific follow-up his three foot cement wall it was just like a lot of ideas and then poor application of it right. and, like that's kind of that feels more like uh the american dream
0: yeah <laughs> i can acquaint right we all, we've all seen that happen we can all empathize <laughs> with that right it's just the ideas are flowing but you're not pulling anything down and making it happen
1: yes awesome okay now what is your story
0: so my story is, I almost just said Draco of Malfoy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Draco of Athens.
1: Oh, okay. So is there any wizardry in this?
0: It's ancient Greece. So I imagine there's quite a bit of wizardry. There's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of magic, or at least that's the lie that they perpetuated out of there. I believe it. <laughs> Look who we got here. It's our friends at My Software Tutor. Can Excel be my friend? Many people have wondered this for years. The answer is yes, it can. Excel doesn't have to be like the friend that your mom makes you hang out with in elementary school, it's weird. It's always stuff with boogers, right? What's wrong, what's up? Why is that kid always eating boogers? Their house always had the best snacks too, and there he is, boogers. Well, Excel doesn't have to be like that weird kid, unless you were that weird kid, were you? Be honest, you know. I'm not actually asking. I can't hear your response, but you know, and it's okay if you were. You know, just take it easy with the boogers. <laughs> just talking about boogers to get read. Oh, uh, don't worry. This is they didn't write this. That part that was a, an improvisation. My software tutor offers three levels of real time Zoom based courses with a live instructor. They deliver practical, functional business skills in a friendly and supportive environment. It could be daunting, right? You, you need that supporting environment to learn Excel. There's no stupid questions. It could be really difficult. And as we know, and we talk about on this podcast all the time, it could be really daunting to learn something new and put yourself out there. So think of this as like a, a kindergarten for learning something new and, and helping your job prospects or be better at the job you already have. Get that raise, get that whatever, take pictures of it for Instagram. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> Keeping it as vague as possible so that you can input your own, just just making a mad lib of, of your own desires. These courses will increase your marketability, whether you're an employee, job seeker, consultant, or contractor. Register at mysoftwaretutor.com And use the promo code POD20 to save 20% off all registrations. Thank you so much to my software tutor. Yeah, guys, take advantage of that 20% off and confidently list Excel on your resume. Hey, do you wish you were a thoughtful card person but don't have the time or energy? Right? You want to be that person that has a hobby, full-time job, crushing it in the job, has kids, has a family, has a dog, whatever it is, and still... Right? Sends that message. Sends a card. Handwritten. Something that makes you laugh and cry. How does that person do it? I don't know. But maybe it's Cardist. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's Cardist. <laughs> the Cardist Studio is your personal assistant. That's how you get it done, right? Somebody helps you out with it. That's okay. The end result is still the end result. You're thinking, oh, should I send them a card? That's it. From there, you just jump onto thecardiststudio.com com and tell them exactly what just popped in your head. Your thoughtfulness. The card Studio will get your personalized message handwritten into the card and in the mail for you. You're busy. You're doing a lot of other things. You know, it's not like they're going to tell on you. And the person's going to be thrilled. I've gotten one of these and it filled my heart with joy. Even better, it's fast, it's custom, and it's a total life changer. Hey, you're a thoughtful card person now. Look at you. New achievement unlocked. Just go to thecardiststudio.com, and you can even use the promo code ANXIETYPOD for 10% off all orders.
1: Okay, let Uh, me have it.
0: Draco of Athens lived in the 7th century BC in ancient Greece. He's he's credited as being the first legislature of Athens, Hmm. meaning written laws uh, enforced by a court of law, basically the broken system that we still have now.
1: Thank you, Draco. Oh, great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> before that there was oral law and blood feuds. So with oral law, it's basically hearsay, like a game of telephone. So laws could be different depending on the day and who's recalling the laws. And then the blood system, which dates back to Hammurabi's code of an eye for an eye, basically means retaliatory violence.
1: Oh, okay. So mob movies, gang movies, mean girl movies, anything that's like, you did this, we're going to do this back. Those Exactly.
0: Are the we're going to do you one better.
1: That's right. That's right. You, you give a mean look to my girl. I'm going to give you a crusty and write a note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in 621 at the request of the citizens of Athens, Draco of Athens starts putting together a standard set of laws and punishments, standardizing hmm. it all. He put all of the laws into wood, right? Like carved it in there so it would be clear and he even did a good job of differentiating crimes. For example, murder versus involuntary manslaughter, showing wow. he recognized a, a spectrum of instituting intent.
1: Wow, okay, impressive.
0: Yeah, right? It it sounds nice, right? Like moving away from the blood feud. (laughs) Well, it may have been had there been less classism and the the punishments weren't so harsh. You see, you've probably heard of him or maybe even uttered his name in which he's often referred to today. So when we say the laws of a given country are draconian, that's Draco of Athens. Oh, damn. Probably why Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter got his
1: name. Okay, (laughs) I love
0: it. It's interesting to hear like why you would say that. Yeah, I didn't know that before doing research on this. Okay, so there were two sets of laws and punishments based on the class the person comes from. So if you owe, owe a debt to someone of a higher class, the hammer is coming down on you you'd likely wind up as a slave or be committed to death. Flip that script and it's sort of like, take your good time, sir.
1: okay. Well, good to know nothing has changed in the criminal legal system. You got (laughs) money? You're fine. It's the same with rich people in restaurants. They get sent more free stuff even though they have all of the money to pay for the stuff. Why don't we cut some slack? To the working class folks, can we get a free calamari over here, please? I, would
0: <laughs> I know it's so weird how much free shit goes to rich people. It's just like, why?
1: Why? It's like because we want you to spend your rich people money here again, so we're going to give you a little, a little, tuk, tuk,
0: tuk. A little yum, yum 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 yum. A
1: little yum 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 yum. interesting that the people called for these laws that they're like, hey, can we get yeah. a little help over here, Draco? We're we're struggling, so like the poor people had to pay the rich people and the rich people were like, Oh, it's fine. Like what else? Like, is that just the thing? Money was the only,
0: well, here, here's, here's one of the bigger issues. Um, And, and it was that the punishment for crimes was far too commonly the end point, even for something as simple as stealing a cabbage.
1: Wait, what was the punishment for stealing a cabbage? Death. Are you kidding?
0: No. That, that, that was a major complaint that people had with the punishment. It was nice to have laws and punishment, but a lot of the punishments were death. Uh,
1: oh, okay. This, oh my gosh. No wonder. Yeah. Okay, now I get it. The draconian punishments are like super excessive. Death, his main punishment was death?
0: Yeah. Steal a cabbage, sad. death, right? It, just, <laughs> it doesn't seem to Okay. Equate and and so when Draco was asked why he used such harsh punishments, he is supposedly quoted as saying that he considered he considered lesser crimes to deserve it, and he had no greater punishment for more important ones, which is basically the ancient Greek way of saying if he dies, he dies.
1: if you're going to be killed for stealing a cabbage or like murdering your boss, I mean, you, you might as well shoot for the stars if you're going to be given the same consequence, but it sounds uh, like this dude just believed people couldn't be reformed. Like right. any slip up means a person is inherently evil. And we caught him before they did worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was slowly ridding his town of crime by reducing the population. <laughs> Kill them all. Right. You know what towns have the lowest crime rates? The empty ghost towns.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I guess he had a long-term goal, which was kill everyone who lives around my house, basically. Yeah. I mean, what, so what, what happened? What did the people, was there an uprising? What happened?
0: So here's, here's the interesting thing. Despite the, the violent laws and punishments, the people of Athens loved him. My guess is that even though things were harsh, at least you knew where you stood before that Laws where he said she said, people people of power and influence could basically make up laws that suited them.
1: Well, that's still true.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, you're right. <laughs> but his his laws were seen as a step in the right direction for the common person.
1: Huh. I, okay. Actually, now I'm having attorney a realization. Attorney point. I switch. Actually see, switch it up. I totally see their point because. If it is the the, he said, she said, even if it's harsh, it does help to know where a boundary is. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, at least I know what I can and can't do. And these are the consequences. And also if it was always so skewed, like the common folk were getting punished so much, dude, if Draco was killing the higher ups also, then those cabbage nabbers were probably like, yeah, get them. When the bad landlords (laughs) were also murdered because- if there had previously been no consequences for the Richies, they were like, yeah, now welcome to what it's like to be a person with no money. Exactly. Do
0: do? That's a great okay. point.
1: Yeah. I, can see, I can see why they agreed. So like, well, then what happened?
0: Okay, so Athens loves this man. Wherever he goes, he's met with adoration, including the night of his death.
1: Oh, dun, dun, dun.
0: <laughs> In the year 600 BC, Draco stepped out to take in a play which is why do so many people get killed in theaters I don't know I don't know what it is 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 it just like a flair for the dramatic (laughs) (laughs)
1: listen I didn't know that I dodged death when I went and saw David
0: (laughs) (laughs) well you've seen that magical little angel uh it's worth it
1: (laughs) yes yes
0: so uh Draco at the play was asked to step on stage to receive the cheers of the people Right, pretty, pretty wild. The people were so excited, they began throwing hats and cloaks and p- presumably ancient Greek panties and bras or whatever they used.
1: And the oh. thing was
0: this was mounting up so much to the point that it smothered him to death right there on the stage.
1: What? He got smothered by a pile of panties. He was the original panty dropper. Yeah, <laughs> He got smothered by panties and jackets. Yeah, This guy could, he would be killed in a cloakroom. He's like not your coat guy at the club. He's too weak. I Okay. Can you imagine the pile of clothes that it would take for someone to just not move out of the way? You're just going to stand and be whacked by people's bras? Okay. Okay, now I'm, I feel a full rant coming on. Bras are not easy to take off. Number one, <laughs> leave it to the Greeks to have even introduced bras. I, I had no idea. Did they invent bras? Here I was thinking they were the Togo group, but they're not these droop people. They're anti-droop. They're pro-drape, but anti-droop. Because they're pro bras. Keep those titties hoisted in your breezy gown. I love the Greeks for this. <laughs> I also never thought of smothering as a way to bypass metal detectors and still commit a crime. Ooh, they, they could have had metal detectors at this theater. Everyone would have gone in with an evil plan to smother this guy to death in their jacket.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a very well thought out rant. I love
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I mean... He may have been smart thinking of laws, but he wasn't smart enough to move out of the way of a pile of clothes that was surrounding him.
0: It was <laughs> just like Twitter retweets. Just I wouldn't move out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> just smother me.
1: <laughs> the original "Stand Your Ground" is stand yeah, your ground and be buried by underwear. We,
0: we probably know. people like that. I feel like have this sense that nothing can touch them, nothing can hurt them, right? So my guess is that it's just like yes. Adore me! I have given you death laws. <laughs> oh right,
1: that's totally true. I bet he was standing in the pile to be a visual of like, yes, they've thrown enough clothes at me that like it's literally up to my waist, and then he's like, it's up to my armpits, it's up to my neck, it's up to my head, and then he's a dead man.
0: <laughs> it, either that, or he's like sort. He initially starts sorting through, being like,
1: oh, what a fun
0: that would look good on me. And he's just like trying it on until he gets like balled over.
1: <laughs> story, he's like, this is very nice fabric. I really appreciate this. Yeah. He's like a fabric whore. He's just like, oh my God, I love these garments. I love the right? tattoo. You got
0: to go all the way to Rome or ancient Egypt to get one of these. He just <laughs> puts oh, on that's... a little fashion show to his death.
1: <laughs> that is so funny. So, I mean, what... They killed him. What happened afterwards?
0: His legacy is that the laws lasted about 200 years until around 400 BC when they were eased up a bit. Though the two sets of laws idea still seems to be going strong today, where if you're of a higher class, you likely won't be punished in the same way as someone in a lower class.
1: Yep, you got money, you will be fine. We'll travel, we'll avoid jail time. Wow, I cannot believe that the cabbage nabbers got killed for another 200 years.
0: Yep, generations of cabbage stealers wiped out.
1: I think I have a newfound respect for cabbage.
0: Yeah, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) It's so good, people will kill for it.
0: Right. I mean, no, wait,
1: they'll die for it? Die for it, probably.
0: And kill for it, because they they don't don't, want to lose it.
1: They don't want to lose it.
0: Yeah. I well, just, that has I'm been Draco of Athens. Never well, it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for um, giving me the opportunity to learn about the original panty dropper and savage <laughs> murderer.
0: And thank you um, for teaching me about the frozen dead guy days.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll see you on the slopes in the in the coffin race in Colorado in March.
0: Yeah, I'll also, I'll probably be in the, in the ham hock tent, wherever that is.
1: <laughs> I'll find you in the ham tent. Yeah. <laughs> After you've just changed a bike tire with your frozen hand.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Patty, this is awesome. Thanks for,
0: thanks for being here. I'm serious. The frozen dead guy days out in, in Colorado. Sounds so fun. Especially now that I've been to Colorado and went to Denver a couple weeks ago. Colorado seems so awesome. So this event seems crazy cool. And whoever pitched this, whoever came up with this idea, should go in, like, the local politician hall of fame. Right? you just got, like, a seemingly—I haven't been there— but seemingly just a run-of-the-mill town out there in Colorado. I'm like, ah, let's throw this big, weird festival. Done. Dollars flowing into your town. All in celebration of a weird Norwegian man. Freezing his relative. (laughs) So yeah, thank you so much to Mirialis. That was a lot of fun. I think we gotta keep making some more of these episodes because I'm enjoying the hell out of working on them. Alright, I'm gonna talk about something silly that gave me anxiety this week. But before we get there, remember there's the Buy Me A Coffee link where you can donate to the show if you're liking it and support it you can also sign up for instacart through the link in the description and doing it that way tells instacart that the show sent you which also helps support and you can get your groceries delivered which is uh pretty nice <laughs> there's also the my software tutor with the promo code pod 20 for 20 percent off and the carter studio with the promo code anxiety pod which gives you 10 percent off so, so something silly that gave me anxiety this week was i, I ran a steel cable in in their new backyard, you know, around the house to hang some string lights, you know, try to make it look nice and festive. And it's presently giving me so much anxiety to just look at them, just concerned that they're going to fall. I mean, they're screwed on there. They're on there good. But like every gust of wind projecting down the line for a big thunderstorm, (laughs) just like whatever. If it falls, I would just put it right back up. But it's causing me anxiety, which is ridiculous. Anyway, that's the the silly thing that's causing me anxiety this week. Stay tuned for next week. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, it's so appreciated. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you on Thursday.